FM. Supported by Highbury College. We are passionately pumping. Begins look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see you at Full House and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing, so really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. After five weeks of waiting, Pompey finally get a win. Keeper comes a long way, doesn't get near it. Loose ball, chance for Hurst. 3-0. Porter have surely wrapped it up. And Pompey are heading for a much-needed three points. Captain Clark Robertson scored his first Blues goal on Tuesday night and against his old club too. We'll hear from the skipper shortly. You know what you're going to get from all of them, but I thought we were resolute and defended the box well when we had to, and it was just a good solid performance, probably what we needed after Saturday. As well as George Hurst after he reached double figures in all competitions. For us, it was just about going out there and proving to ourselves that we're still there and, you know, setting the record straight for ourselves more than anybody else. Head coach Danny Carley was much happier on the touchline this week. He'll be on the show between now and seven. Taking a lot of criticism and it's hurt. I think it was deserved and we better to take the criticism. But we responded tonight and we're pleased with that. And we'll also take a listen back to Robbie's interview with Harry Jewett-White following the announcement of his first pro deal in midweek. Just being like over the moon, you know, just happy to finally sign it. It's where I've grown up, it's like who I support. I'm just happy that it's Pompey, you know. That's all to come on a show bursting with content tonight. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the show, which is brought to you in partnership this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Find them on Twitter at Stagecoach South to find out how you can win a cash prize of £150 just by spotting and taking a picture of their special Jubilee bus. Well, it's no secret, really, is it? The Blues picked up their first win in over a month in midweek, defeating Rotherham by three goals to nil at Fratton Park to keep their slim hopes of a playoff finish mathematically alive for a further few days i'll let you know how you can get in contact with the show very shortly because now more than ever we are keen for your interaction to help guide us through to seven o'clock but first let's gladly relive the events of tuesday night as automatic promotion hopefuls and efl trophy holders rotherham made the long trip down from south yorkshire everything we do is passionately pumping Every second of the action is right here. Shoots scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey Live. We are just about ready for kickoff here at Fratton Park. And there's even still a little bit of natural light in the air with the floodlights not taking full effect yet as the whistle goes and the players from both sides and both managers take the knee and Jacobs lays it off the left-hand side. Oh, that's a horrible challenge from Lindsay. Horrible, horrible tackle. He could well go for this. It's only a booking. And you are right, it's the yellow card. And, well, Lindsay, I've... Dare I say, you've seen them given, but Lindsay is going to get, it looks like, just a yellow card for that challenge. As Jacobs gets through a couple of challenges, coming forward for Pompey. This is a, a bright moment. He lays it off for the left-hand side. Curtis is going to have to stretch to keep it in. Tries a cross chance. Harness, great save. Loose in the six-yard box. Clearest opening of the game so far for Portsmouth. Still nil-nil as Johansson makes a save for Rotherham. The deadlock yet to be broken in this game. Jacobs is 40 yards from goal. Right of centre. Looks more one to chip towards the far post. Robertson and Raggett the target. Good delivery. Robertson's header across the face of goal and is into the net and Clark Robertson has his first Portsmouth goal it's against his former club perfectly delivered by Jacobs and Robertson did the rest Portsmouth one rather a nil Matter looks towards the penalty area Red by Morell had taken up a good area and now Morell wants to transition from defence to attack and tries to set Hurst away he's one on one with the last defender Hurst can he get the shot away he can and he drags it wide of the post free kick whipped in Pompey need to defend and they don't but the header is put wide from Matter gets a decent opportunity Hurst does brilliantly on halfway and breaks towards the penalty area early ball Harness 2-0 George Hurst 
Portsmouth lead. That was excellent from the former Rotherham man, Hurst. And Harness finishes it off in the middle with the outside of his right foot. Portsmouth 2, Rotherham 0. Ball is back with Bazunu. No chances taken, goes long and Hurst is going to chase it. And has he put Hurst on goal? He has. Chance for Hurst. Ball just won't stay for him. And it's gone behind. And Portsmouth will have a corner kick. Corner taken short. Harness on the left-hand side to the edge of the penalty area. Morel standing it up towards the far post. Keeper comes a long way, doesn't get near it. Loose ball. Chance for Hurst. 3-0. Portsmouth has surely wrapped it up. And Hurst created the second. Scores the third. Rather a mess at the back. And Pompey are heading for a much-needed three points. Quarter three, rather a nil. Bazunu's come out and he didn't need to. And he's flown into OC2-2. And he's got away with it there. Hurst is trying to go round the outside of Barlazer. Tries a couple of times and does get round the outside of Barlazer. And gets into the box. Hurst across the face of goal. He's fouled his ear. Is it a good challenge from Barlazer? Referee deems he got the ball. Final action of the game. Probably Portsmouth's best performance, maybe best results of the season. They've emphatically beaten Rotherham United by three goals to nil here at Fratton Park. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Just one other game on Tuesday night to go alongside Pompey's in League One as league leaders Wigan were held to a goalless draw at Burton Albion. So Pompey move up a place into 10th with five games remaining, now just 10 points behind the top six. Rotherham stay third and three points adrift of MK Dons, who have really taken advantage of this poor run the Millers have been on. Although Rotherham do have a game in hand and a much better goal difference. Either way, it is set up to be a tense few weeks in the race for automatic promotion. Sadly, the Blues not involved in that. Neither really too much hope of a playoff campaign either. But let's not dwell on that for too much tonight because we've got a, a great result and a great performance to review now as well as another game to look forward to tomorrow as well. And here with me this evening to help do just that. First of all, a warm footballer welcome to Reese Harding calling in tonight. Reese, great to hear from you, mate. Hello, thank you for having me back. Always a pleasure. Reese uh, Tom Chappell, also from the popular YouTube vlog 4 0 written all over it, also joins us this evening. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, mate, and a public congratulations <laughs> as well um, for the 7,000th time, but wanted to say it on the radio. But how are you? You well? Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm not, not, doing, not doing too bad, mate. Uh, it's been a hectic, hectic few days, a hectic couple of weeks, but it's all going to go, uh, it's all going to get even busier f- from this point forward, isn't it? <laughs> It is, but you love it, don't you? Of course. Uh, and even, you know, with, with a lot of Pompey coming up as well in the next couple of weeks. Tom, five matches remaining for the Blues to salvage something from this season. The playoffs look, you know, far and gone at the moment, let's be honest, don't they? We've got to make up 15 points. Or, you know, we've got 15 points to play for. Uh, only five games remaining, 10 points off the top six. We essentially need all four teams above us to lose their remaining five games and for Pompey to win all five of their remaining five games. And that is really the only way we're going to achieve a playoff finish for a season. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. The likelihood of that is almost um, almost impossible, isn't it? But the only, only tiny little thing that I'm holding on to is I'm thinking back to Andy Orford. I don't know if you remember it, Jake, but it was right at the end of the season he came in and steadied the ship and we stayed up mm. against all the odds. And then I'm thinking Harry Redknapp, um, uh, when we stayed up that season, and I'm also thinking I'm not don't remember it personally, but I'm thinking Jim Smith on the old <laughs> Great Escape as well. Yeah. So it's it's we've got a track record of doing it, haven't we? But I don't I don't think this time round. I think we just need to take the pride in the fact that we've put together a performance that everyone can be really really pleased with. Um, it's a real shame, and everyone's been saying it. It's a real shame that it's come at this point of the season when there's absolutely nothing riding on it anymore or near on nothing riding on it and as you say we just need to finish it it positively don't we and we've got 15 points to play for the aim has to be a hundred percent record out of those five whether that's achievable or not that's a different story but we can always aim high yeah. and yeah just just a nice positive end and, and hopefully st- i know we're, we're going to be um we're going to be talking about some positive news in terms of contracts in a minute but hopefully positive a positive um outlook on the pitch and, and positive play on the pitch is all we're after our, our, when there's nothing to play for now let's at least show ourselves what we can expect next season yeah 
Absolutely. Uh, and on Tuesday night, Reese, really, I think, you know, many Pompey fans will go along with saying we saw greater energy and enthusiasm from the team against Rotherham on Tuesday night after Saturday's really dismal display at Cheltenham, many labelling that as probably Pompey's worst or most lethargic performance of the season. Would you go along with saying that Tuesday night, following on from arguably one of the worst performances of the season, do you think Tuesday was perhaps one of the best? I definitely think, yeah, it was one of the best. Um, I think it took us uh, probably like 10, 15 minutes to sort of settle in the game. There was a few bookings and, you know, I think both teams, I think Rotherham were, I, I think you could sort of see their frustration in a way because they obviously had uh, dropped off from the top spot um, with this poor run that they're on. But I think once we settled and we sort of slowly built up our game, I mean, especially that second half, it, I thought we played like incredibly well. Like you say, it's, yeah. it's just a, it's a shame it's come at a point in the season where actually we're not really playing for anything anymore. Um, but it's nice that we're it, it, it is nice that we're going to hopefully build on that, uh, you know, tomorrow against Lincoln. Um, yeah. Because really, after that Cheltenham performance, uh, I, I like I know some other people or some other fans was probably thinking. We, we might roll over to these guys. We, we, we might get, you know, we might get struck 3-0, you know, a loss or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, yeah. The fact that we won the game, we won it convincingly, we won it with a good performance, um, it, it's great. That's all, all we could have asked for, really. Uh, and, Reese, I'll, I'll hold my hands up uh, myself and admit, and to be honest, I don't need to admit because it's it's been out on the airwaves. I, I predicted a 3-0 defeat on, on Tuesday night. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't see us not only winning the game, I couldn't see us scoring against one of the best yeah. defences in the division. But, look, that, that, there you go. That's... That, that's that's football, as a wise man once said, and that is yeah. that is typical Pompey. You, you go to Cheltenham, one of the worst defences in the league, you lose 1-0, you, you can't lay a glove on them. You then play Rotherham uh, off the back of an EFL trophy success and one of the best defences in the division, and you put three past them and, and you completely nullify them. That is the crazy nature of football, particularly in League One. We'll come back to some more thoughts from Reese and from Tom in a few moments' time. Don't forget, back home, 81400 is our text number. Start your messages with the word express if you want to get in touch otherwise you can email pompey at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or you can visit us over at facebook.com forward slash pompey live right plenty of content and interviews to trawl through tonight so we'll waste no time in getting through them and we begin with the post-match thoughts of blue skipper clark robertson who spoke to max swatton after a full-time whistle on tuesday night robbo was first asked how it felt to lead the team to such a perfect reaction following saturday's disappointment at cheltenham buzzing yeah um it's always good to play against your former club um i scored a goal when i was at um Rotherham, actually when i went back to blackpool and i just had a funny feeling tonight that uh, tonight was, I was going to get my first goal and uh, luckily enough I did um, just found space in the box and put it back across goal and I was just buzzing to see it at the back of the net yeah yeah, talk to us more about the game. What was it like to play out there? Um, yeah, it was, it was a difficult game. They're a good side, obviously. Uh, big physical team, and you know what you're going to get from all of them. Um, like to get a ball up to smudge uh, early doors and um, try and win flick-ons, get the ball wide and crosses. But I thought we were resolute and defended the box well uh, when we had to. And um, yeah, it was just a, a good, solid performance. Uh, probably what we needed after Saturday as well, yeah. Yeah, it's your first Pompey goal. You've been waiting a while. How good is it to get off your back? And is it even sweeter that it's against your former club as well? Yeah, like I say, uh, absolutely over the moon. Um, just to get my first goal in front of uh, the front and part of the crowd, and um, hopefully I can kick on here and it'll give me more confidence. Um, then I should, probably should be adding more goals to my game, and uh, hopefully that can be the start of it. Yeah. After Saturday, what was the mentality like going into the game today? Yeah, well, we knew we we didn't uh, we weren't out the races on Saturday really second half, and uh, we knew we, did, we we needed a response, and I thought we got that really. Uh, it was a good strong performance from everyone, and um, yeah, we just need to kick on for the rest of the season, try and finish the season as strong as possible, and um, another decent game against a good Lincoln side on Friday. Yeah, yeah quick turnaround now. How are you going to prepare for that one? Yeah, um, only a few days to go, but um, probably be in tomorrow for uh, some recovery work, uh, get my sleep in as well. Uh, hopefully be ready to go come Friday. Yeah. Tom, great to see the club captain bag his first goal in midweek, but more to the fact that it was against his former club too. Yeah, and Hursty did the same, didn't he? Which yeah. is um, it's yeah. always good to see. So all ex, um, two ex-Rotherham 
uh, players on the score sheet. I, I wonder if he knowingly said Pompey weren't at the races when we were playing Cheltenham away from home. I wonder if that was kind of, I don't know if he pre-planned that. But um, yeah, no, brilliant. And I think he's, um, yeah, he goes under the radar a little bit, Clark Robertson. I think he's very assured. I think he's, you know, he's a wise head on shoulders and I think he captains the team really well. I wasn't expecting him to sound like that, by the way. I thought he was going to have a little bit of a kind of more... I don't know what I was expecting, really. I wasn't expecting him to sound like that. But, yeah, no, I think I think he was excellent. I think the whole team was excellent on mm. on Tuesday Tuesday night. Just sorry, I'm yeah. getting confused in my days. <laughs> We're playing Friday, aren't we? So it was Tuesday, yeah. So, oh, no, um, t- t- tell me about it, Tom. We've got a football hour tonight. It's Thursday. Got another one on Sunday. Got another one on Tuesday. The games are on Friday and Monday. I know this happens every Easter, but I still never get used to it. No, so, to be fair, <laughs> years ago, Jake, when you weren't on Express FM, the football hours were on a Thursday night back in the they day. Were, so yeah. it's, um, yeah, there you go. But yeah, Clark Robertson, superb. Really happy for him to get his first Pompey goal. Mm, absolutely. Uh, on the subject of, of Clark Robertson, uh, Reese, he mentions Pompey weren't at the races on Saturday. He missed quite a lot of this season due to injury, come back in the side. Not a player to horse around on many occasions either. No, no, definitely not. Um, it's good that, yeah, it's good. I think it's good that, I don't know, we, 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 players like him have come back and they've been sort of, you know, pretty solid for us. I think, I think we've had our, in, you know, some injury struggles this, uh, this season with a few of our players. And I, I just think that actually there have been times where I think we could have really fallen apart and during the season. I know we've had our little spells and things like that, but actually like players like him have come back and they've, um, at times and they've really, you know, they, they've, they've been quite strong players for us. And, um, I don't know, getting that goal, like you say, against, uh, against Rotherham and then obviously her scoring against Rotherham. I don't know. I think it just really sets us and it really sets the team. And just mm. especially after Saturday, it's it's just quite a nice, solid ground to build the end of the season on. Um, and yeah, here's hoping that before the end of the season, we don't get any more uh, injuries <laughs> or anything because uh, it'd be quite nice to finish it uh, as strongly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay, let's move on to George Hurst now then, lads. Uh, Tom, uh, an incredible performance from him on Tuesday, rounded off a a real nice finish to Silver three points as well. I love George Hurst, Jake. I really do. (laughs) Um, I know we're going to hear from him in a minute, but I will sort of preempt what we're going to hear and people may have heard the post-match interview from him. But not only is he a fantastic footballer, he speaks so well. You can see he's got such a brilliant attitude and it you could actually I don't know if we're going to hear the bit where he says that he wasn't good enough at Rotherham but I think that's that's really self-deprecating to say something like that publicly on an interview after a game about your former club as well and and I think he's really resurrected himself I'd be delighted if there was a dotted line signed for a number of our players but particularly George Hurst just because I think what he's brought to the team you said at the top of the show he's into double figures now I know he's been here since the start of the season, but he wasn't. He was out of favour when Marquis was around, wasn't he? And he's only really got a grasp of that regular striker spot in the last couple of weeks, uh, last couple of weeks and months of playing for Pompey. So, I'm I'm just so proud of him, and I'm so pleased that it's all starting to come together. Yeah, I just hope that there isn't championship interest that he can't turn down. I also hope that I, I'm aware that he's on quite a lot of money with Leicester and Pompey chipping into his wage bill. I just hope that ourselves, we can stump up a bit of cash in order to to keep him where he is because I think he could be a real bedrock of next year's team. Yeah, Uh, Tom, thank you. Reese, hold tight for now, mate, because we're going to hear from the man himself now. Max caught up with man of the match, George Hurst, after the final whistle in midweek. George, a goal, an assist and a man of the match performance against your former club. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, good. You know, it's about as good as it gets, I think, you know, to get the clean sheet as well. Um, I thought all that were excellent today from from back to front. It was, um, yeah, it was a real, real strong performance. Let's talk more about the game. What was it like to play out there? Yeah, it was good. I thought we had control from from minute one really you know they're they're a very direct team I know that probably better than most lads in the change room me and Robbo obviously being there last season it was we sort of knew what to expect and, and gave the lads gave the lads as much information as we could really and and I think and I think we dealt with it really well you know Smudge up, up up top for them is is arguably the best striker in the league and I think we kept we, we, we you know we we kept him as quiet as we could and 
and I think when 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 you can do that, and I think when we got on the ball, we were we were we were brave, we were we were aggressive going forward, and you know when you've got players like Marcus and that, and the pace they've got, it's it, it makes it easy for us. What were your thoughts on the team's performance as a whole? Would you say that was a perfect reaction? I think we needed a reaction. You know, obviously the game the game at Cheltenham at the weekend was we we had, we had a long hard look at ourselves, and it wasn't acceptable. We know that. Um, the fans know that and, and, and as a group we know that so for us it was just about going out there and, and we said before the game that the gaffer mentioned it was about sort of proving to ourselves that, that we're, we're still there and, and you know setting the record straight for ourselves more than anybody else um, and, and going and, and proving a point to the rest of the lads and you know I think everyone done that everyone done the job to a T and, and we've got the, got the result in the end Yeah just quickly how much sweeter was it for you and Clark to do it against your former club as well? I think it always makes it that little bit sweeter, you know. It's I, I come off the back of a difficult year last year at Rotherham, and and, and I'm I'm, I, I'm not going to sit here and put blame on them. And you know, I, was, I probably wasn't good enough. Um, it's as simple as that. They uh, the opportunity and stuff like that. It just wasn't the right the right fit for me at the time, and 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 I'm not too naive that I can't admit that. So yeah, obviously going going back and playing against Rotherham, it was it was it was really nice for me to to get on the get on the score sheet, and yeah, it does make it that little bit sweeter. Just finally moving on to Friday, how are you feeling ahead of that one? Yeah, good. You know, it's it's about going again now. We we want to finish the season strong and and show everyone what we can do. And for us, it's no good resting on our laurels. We've got to, if we go out and perform like that again, then there's no reason why we can't go and pick up another three points. And I think for all the boys, that's the aim to pick up as many points as we can before the end of the season. And and and, and like I say, finish it strong. So we'll, we'll definitely be going there to win with the with the same mentality. And yeah, hopefully get the three points. Pompey's big, strong Leicester boy there, George Hurst, speaking after the full-time whistle on Tuesday night. The three of us will come on to talk about him in a bit more detail in the next part of the show. First of all, Marcus Deacons on the emails. Good evening to you. Uh, it says, great result, decent performance, well worth uh, both the win and the clean sheet. Sadly, I think we've left it a little bit too late to make a charge for the playoffs. What a shame we couldn't have played like that a bit more often this season. Yet, Marcus, I think we all share your frustration there. We'll also come on to talk about that in the next part of the show as well. Don't forget to keep Keep getting your text, tweets and emails into us, Pompey fans. ExpressFM.com is where you can find all the details on how to get in touch with the show. If you do not already know them, by now. After the break, the reaction from Tuesday's win continues with myself, Reese, and Tom. And we'll also hear what the gaffer had to say after the game too. You have to be really good at playing out of the pressure. And if you can do that and you're brave enough to do that, and then you're also brave enough in the duels because they ask a lot of you with a direct play. If you can do that, then we knew we'd be able to get success. Danny Carly coming up in the next 10 minutes. Stay tuned and don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to Express FM and welcome back to the Football Hour, driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information about the services they provide to your local area, as well as route updates and fair prices too. A text here from Carol in Hailing. Uh, nothing to do with football, uh, Jake, but what does the Pompey bus look like, Carol from Hailing in Ireland? I think you're referring to Stagecoach's uh, Jubilee bus. It is the Queen's Platinum Jubilee this year, of course, as I'm sure you will already be aware of. And uh, Stagecoach have commissioned a special bus uh, to honour that as well. You can go to their uh, Twitter account, Carol, if you've got social media. It's at Stagecoach South. Uh, but if you don't, the bus is purple on, on the front. It's uh, mainly white on, on the sides and it's a bit of grey at the back as well. And it's got a big crown uh, symbol on both sides as well. Very easy to spot and uh, actually spotted it myself in Portsmouth today as well. So we know but it is around there somewhere. Um, anyway, back to the football. Uh, Reese, we spoke before the break and we heard the uh, the post-match thoughts of goal scorer from Tuesday night, George Hurst. But I want to speak about not the goal, but the assist for Marcus Harness's goal, Pompey's second of the evening. Fantastic throw. We'll give the credit to Gavin Bazunu for the, what we call the, the pre-assist to George Hurst um, and, and a great dart down the right hand side, big, strong pacey darting run uh, before a, a brilliant ball into the middle for, for Marcus Harness, an assist worthy of the acclaim just as much as the goal Oh, 100% like uh, that, honestly Gavin Bazunu's Gavin Bizzunu, uh, distribution and his, he's got pinpoint accuracy and for then George Hurst to you know muscle off uh, the Rotherham players and just he, he ploughed straight down uh, like it's just it was just one of those perfect um, direct goals where 
they were gunning for it and harness was in the middle at the right time part of me was like you know just as long as he stays on side and everything and it was a beautiful ball in and all he had to do was uh, put it away so like you say every part of that build up to that goal from Bazunu, uh his throw to George Hurst to Harness's finish was great and I think that's that really sums up I think the the throw really sums up um Bazuni this season just yeah. the fact that he's able to create like that from the back like it may not have been it's not it's not a Bazunu assist but it's it's he has really set the uh pace of that attack there um and he's thought quickly and 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 you know done really well um and I think that sums up how well he's been for us this season yeah um and like you say Hurst not only getting the goals but but getting such a, a wonderful assist as well and with another thing about Rotherham is I think they've only conceded like five on the road or something this season in the league yeah. Or, yeah. or something like that and then we go and put three past them so testament to our uh, attack uh on Tuesday for you know for beating such a notoriously difficult side to uh to score against mm. uh away from you know, when they're away from home. Yeah, absolutely. Three goals put past Rotherham on Tuesday night, as you mentioned there, Reese. after uh, the stat that's been lurking about all week and while I was waiting for one of you to pick up on, yeah, five goals conceded away from the home for Rotherham uh, in the league all season and Pompey put three past them in one day. Fantastic from the Blues. Just a final, final note on George Hurst from Tuesday then, uh, Tom, because he, he deserves the... He deserves applaudits from that game. It's a fantastic match, an assist and a goal as well. Uh, deserved man of the match award as well. Um, but in, in terms of next season, because of course he's on loan from Leicester City, he briefly touched upon it in the in the previous part of the show, his contract and the wages that he's on. It, it, it's reportedly higher than, than, than well any player in this division. Leicester City certainly paying a lot for his services. With all due respect... Is there much chance of George Hurst breaking into that Leicester team? And and secondly, does that open the door potentially for a return to Fratton Park in the summer if a deal can be agreed? Yeah, and, and I think we, we all know that he's one of the highest owners at the football club. He's one of the highest owners in League One. But when when he does something that Reese has just been describing to us, I think he's more than worth his money's worth, isn't he? If our aim is to get out of the division next season or at least be challenging to get out of the division next season, then we need to move heaven and earth to make sure that he's here in order to do what he did against Rotherham. And I think it's bang on with what you're saying in terms of it summarises Gavin Bazunu in terms of distribution this season, but it's actually what Danny and Nicky promised us when they came in, is fast-paced attacking football. And we saw that from George Hurst, we saw that from Marcus Harness, and we saw that from Gavin Bazunu, who were all three of them involved in that goal. But we, we saw it from everyone on Tuesday night and it's and we go back to it. It's just such a shame that it's taken that long for us to get it. Yeah. But at least it is a sign that it's coming and that the players can do it. We can do it. We've just beaten one of, I know they were completely out of form and we caught them at a really good time. And they probably caught us at a really bad time coming off the back of something that was simply unacceptable on the Saturday before. But nevertheless, the, you know, the, the, the main headline at the top of the, but the stats board doesn't lie that we scored three goals against one of the best sides in the division, the best defence before Tuesday night in the division. And and as I've already mentioned, the, the team that has conceded very few goals away from home. So, yeah, really pleased. And George Hurst must be part of the setup next season, Jake. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what we're all going to do with ourselves, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, Dave Byrne on the emails. Uh, Hi, Jake. As you know, I decided not to travel uh, and use my ticket for the uh, Rotherham match, and I would normally turn up uh, just to watch the grass grow at Fratton Park. Cheltenham was definitely one of several uh, several notable low points since November 1965 when I watched my first game. What a response, though. I was so happy to be proved wrong. That was much more like it. I felt the lineup against Rotherham was better balanced and had more quality than the one that took to the field against Cheltenham, and so it proved. My main worry is where we would be without Hurst, Carter, 
and Bazunu, who we are poised to lose in the summer. However, it was the best performance against one of the better sides for quite a while. Faith restored a little, and I will therefore be back in my seat at Fratton for the remaining home matches. Player Pompey, Dave in a list. Thank you for getting in touch to the show tonight. Okay, before the break, we heard the post-match comments of both Clark Robertson and George Hurst. But what did Mr Cowley think of it all? Here's Danny Pitchside with Max Swatton after his team debrief on Tuesday night. A Tuesday night for and Classic, Danny. You asked for a reaction and you got just that. Yeah, I think it was a good performance from us t- tonight against a very good team. Um, we were really pleased with how we played, both both in possession and, and against the ball. And uh, yeah, we let ourselves down on Saturday in the second half. So we wanted to try to respond. We're taking a lot of criticism and it, it hurt. It's hurt in the last sort of 48 hours, 72 hours. I think it was deserved and we've had to take the criticism. But we responded tonight and we're pleased with that. Let's talk about George Hurst. What a performance from him tonight. Yeah, I think there was a lot of good performances tonight. But, you know, George, I thought he's um, hold-up play, he's link play, um, the way he stretched the pitch for us. Um, he was a handful for, for Rotherham all night and, and you know, did brilliantly for the second goal. So it's a really good goal from our perspective. Um, and then he was, topped it off with, with a goal himself. Gavin Bazuna as well, played a big part in the second goal and could have made a third afterwards as well. Yes, yeah, well, we know that, that Rotherham put a lot of pressure on the ball. They play man-to-man style. It's very difficult to build on the first line. They, they leave equal numbers at the top end of the pitch. We know that we knew that if we could get the, the timing of our movement right, then, then we could hurt them. And, um, yeah, I think we caused them a problem in that moment. And because they're a vertical team, you actually get a lot of goalkeeper distributions. And I thought Gavin's use of the ball tonight was, was excellent. And the top end of the pitch, the timing of their movements were good and yeah, the second goal was, was probably my favourite goal of the season. What was your message at half-time? Because it's never easy going in on a 1-0 lead. No, just to, just to keep trying to be brave. Be brave um, in possession by getting on the ball. We know, like I said, they are so good against the ball, Rotherham. They play with so much energy and so much aggression. The fittest team in the division by, by a long way. And um, you have to be really good at playing out of the pressure. And if you can do that, and you're brave enough to do that, and then you're also brave enough in the duels because they ask a lot of you with their, with their direct play um, if you can do that then, then we knew we would, would be able to get success How important is it that your side use this as a platform to build on for the rest of the season? Well absolutely for us you know we want to try to find a relentless consistency I don't think we've been able to I know we've, we've been criticised in the last the five games previously I think we had a lot of games away from home I thought there were some good performances in in, in that. Uh, You know, I thought the Ipswich point was a good point. Um, I think Bolton, we played really, really well last Tuesday, um, arguably as well as we did tonight. Um, But tonight we got value for our good play. And probably in recent games, we've lacked that quality, whether it be execution or or conviction in our decision-making. But tonight we had that. And as a consequence, we um, were able to score three goals. It's a quick turnaround now. How are you going to prepare for Lincoln on Good Friday? Well, we'll be being tomorrow recovering, um, trying to do all we can. I think first and foremost it's important that the boys sleep because that's the best form of recovery. But the game's going to come around incredibly quickly. Looks like we picked up three sort of injuries tonight to three boys that went off. So that's a concern. But that's what's going to happen, you know, if the EFL asks us to play this amount of games in such a short space of time. I don't understand it, if I'm honest, because the teams played tonight are all playing on Saturday, but we have to play on Friday. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure of of how that works. I thought in a league, things had to be fair um, and and balanced, and it doesn't seem to be that, but ultimately that's the challenge, and we're going to um, embrace the challenge. We see it as a really good test of us, both physically and mentally, and now the the aim is to to put in a a good performance as we did tonight. Head coach Danny Cowley there speaking to Max Swatton after the game on Tuesday night. Of course, tonight on the Football Hour, joined alongside Tom Chappell and Reese Harding to go over the events of that midweek victory over the Millers. And shortly we'll be previewing the visit of Lincoln City tomorrow afternoon. We'll come back to those guys in just a few moments' time, but delighted to welcome onto the show uh, from the Portsmouth News reporter, Jordan Cross. Jordan, good evening. 
Evening, Jake. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Uh, calling you tonight, very short notice. I do really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy evening to, to speak to us. But um, news breaking in the last hour or so, you, you understand there's some development in regards to the contract situation with Sean Raggett. Could you, could you just share some, shed some light on that a bit? Sure, yeah. It's, um, it's with some much-needed positivity in a... In a a summer that's coming ahead of a, another summer of upheaval um, and another overhaul needed for, for Danny Cowley. It's my understanding that talks have uh, progressed well uh, with Sean Raggett and uh, are nearing some fruition now in terms of uh, him securing his future at Fratton Park. So, um, yeah, just just um, coming from a couple of different places now. So um, it's, a, it's an upbeat uh, piece of news. Um, I, I guess it's probably now the division, it, let's face it, it where Pompey are going to be playing their football next season is, is a lot clearer. Yeah. Um, I think it's easier for Danny to make start making a few more judgments. Perhaps the championship might have been a, a bridge too far for Sean Raggett moving forward, um, but certainly not League One. He's been outstanding this season. He's my vote for, for player of the season. His consistency has been excellent. Um, he, he's put his head on everything. He's headed it and kicked it and, and put his body on the line as, as Sean Raggett does. And uh, It's just such a good story that it, 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 even when it is completed that he secures his future because he's not had it all his own way at Pompey and he's had his critics in the past as well. But I just think it... It's a piece of much-needed good news for for Pompey fans this season. Yeah, and you mentioned there uh, arguably one of Pompey's players of the season for this season. Many um, many fans might agree with the idea that maybe in his first season when he first joined the club uh, struggled a little bit, but certainly in the last season or two under Danny Cowley has been a totally totally different animal. One of the most improved players of the season, uh, let alone one of the best players of the season. Important to get him tied down, Jordan, but also eleven other players out of contract or leaving the club in the summer it's going to be quite another big transition uh, ahead of us yeah i mean just talking um to, to danny the, this afternoon about that whole situation i mean in a store in the next 15 minutes or so um another line coming out this evening danny was saying he would like um four new uh, attacking players he was on your show recently was yeah. talking about the number of additions that he would like um and um yeah, it's heavily, unsurprisingly, heavily focused. I think there's some. He, he said on the record there's some anxiety um, about the fact that there's not a, a contracted striker at the club next next out and out and out forward at the club next season. Um, obviously, we all want George Hurst back. Um, Aidan Bryan's been pretty much a revelation since his January arrival. I think that would be certainly two of them. Um, but if he likes to, as Danny intimated, likes to play two strikers at home. You need another couple of options there. So probably a couple of nines and a couple of tens would be the way he'd like to go. But Obviously, the attacking area is where the focus is going to be in terms of the overhaul with the majority of the 10 contracted players, I guess, are defensive options. Yeah. And just a final one, because I know you've got a lot uh, coming up uh, this evening, Jordan. George Hurst has been the centre of attention on the show tonight, uh, understandably as well, after his performance on Tuesday evening, an assist and a goal as well. He's, of course, on loan from Leicester City. Danny Cowley enjoying his time at Fratton Park this season, as are uh, are the fans, uh, certainly uh, being taken on as one of the fans' favourite from this campaign. What would you say the chances of, of him returning to the South Coast are next season, whether it's a loan or a permanent? Ah, oh, well, you've just nailed it on the loan and, and loan and permanent at the end. There. <laughs> uh, again, I think um, that he's um, he's contracted his future's contracted to to Leicester. Um, I think that well, my understanding is when 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 um, they brought him in, they did invest a fair amount of money in in, in, in bringing him there. There, but he's obviously he's not going to get break through at, at Leicester. But in terms of um, him moving on at this stage, I think they probably want to recoup a decent amount of money for what they invested in in George. So I would suggest probably a loan would be the better or the more likely option at the moment. Um, certainly, I mean Gavin Bazuni, we know is going to be playing elsewhere. Hayden Carter looks like he's championship bound, whether it be a Blackburn or elsewhere uh, next season. But we certainly think that it's reasonable um, and again Danny Cowley saying this today when we spoke to him that uh, he, he thinks that it's the sort of play that Portsmouth need to be keeping at, at the club if they're going to uh, see through this uh, new transfer policy of, of young hungry players coming in and then taking the club forward yeah uh, Jordan Cross Pompey fan Pompey reporter from the Portsmouth News uh, you're a legend thank you very much for calling into the show tonight uh, really appreciate Pleasure, you mate. taking the time to speak to us have a fantastic evening and I'll see you tomorrow
Cheers, mate. Thank you, mate. Uh, Jordan Crossfair, like I say, from the Portsmouth News. Really appreciate him giving his time up uh, this evening to speak to us on some contract situations regarding uh, specifically Sean Rackett. OK, time running out here on the Football Hour. A little over 15 minutes until we leave you for Express this week with Chris Pearce at seven. But between now and then, we'll be re-listening to the chat between our Robbie and Blues midfielder Harry Jewett-White after the 18-year-old put pen to paper on his first professional contract on Tuesday afternoon. All the first team players, like ability-wise, are brilliant and they've all been really good with me, especially the midfielders, because I'm we'll do shape work in training and I'll be stood with them and they'll tell me what to do and where to be and yeah, you know, they they are really good with me the first team. For conclusion of tonight's show is coming up right after this short break. This is the football hour 93.7 Express FM. For the final time tonight, welcome to the Football Hour here on Express. Supported this season by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app today from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to view on-the-spot timetable information and even prepay for your ticket too. Not too much longer before you, well, for you to get in touch with the panel this evening. Come and join the conversation before 7 o'clock, even if it's just to say hello or give a score prediction for tomorrow's game. All the usual ways. 81400 is the number to text. Start your messages with the word Express and end with your name as well. Otherwise, you can find us on Twitter at ExpressFM. You can email us Pompey at ExpressFM.com or find us over at Facebook.com forward slash Pompey Life. The final thoughts of Reese and Tom to come shortly. But first, Harry Jewett-White. The Blues midfielder spoke to Robbie James at halftime on Pompey Live on Tuesday evening about his first professional contract with Portsmouth Football Club. Harry, can you hear me? Nice to meet you. I'm Hello. Robbie. How are nice you? Nice to meet you. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, so what is it? An hour and 15 minutes since it was uh, since it was announced that you signed your first professional contract yes. with Pompey. What, what's it been like the last however long it's been since you've known? Um, just been like over the moon you know just happy to to finally sign it um you know it's, it's where i've grown up it's like who i support i'm just happy that it's pompey you know and was it was it always the goal to yeah be, to be here growing up going yeah. through the stages was this just always playing, the goal playing at fratton park in front of all the fans and that you know and, you, and you've been part of obviously part of the squad throughout the season you've spent some time on the bench some appearances and whatnot in the in the Papa John's trophy and whatnot there's a lot of discussion made by by pundits and by fans and whatnot about how much players actually get from, from being on the bench and being involved with the first team squad but what are your sort of the main takings from from being a part of the, of the side this year and seeing how things work behind the scenes seeing how things work on the match day and things like that um, it's a lot different to, uh, compared to like academy football um, but no, it's a, it's a really good experience. Like you know, just thankful and happy that I could um, just be involved in that. And you know, the manager's been good with me. And yeah, it's it's just a great experience sitting on the bench, listening to the the kind of chat that goes on with the staff. And yeah, it's a lot different to to academy. Yeah. And we know you've worked obviously a lot with with, with Greg Miller, and you mentioned the, the conversations you have with Danny and, and whatnot. How do those conversations kind of run between you and Greg and Danny? Are you are you are they constantly chatting? sort of with you together how do those conversations work? yes they um, they do communicate well with me um, you know it'll be I'll turn up at training I know what I'm doing so yeah it's, it's all good good communication and in terms of in terms of what's next then I know I know it's it's quite raw now but but going forward it you know you you're, you're going to be fighting next season and whatnot for a position where there's where there's a lot of competition how do you how do you sort of begin that begin that I don't know is it a daunting is it a daunting process of no, trying to I'm, trying to break I'm away? I'm just excited. I just want to cement my t- uh, cement my spot in the team, you know, and become a regular here. So, uh, and what is it like learning off the likes of Joe Morrell and Louis Thompson and whatnot? And, and what and what what do you? How much communication goes on with them to try and find out how you can try and you know be different and find your way into that side? Uh, all the first team players, like ability wise, are uh, um, you know brilliant, and they've all been really good with me, um, especially the midfielders because I'm we'll do shape work in training and I'll be stood with them and they'll tell me what to do and where to be and yeah you know they they are really good at me the first team so and you've been and you've been obviously watching this first half what have you uh what have you made of it we, we all wanted a reaction after after saturday and, and jake was just saying as, as well before you came up that that we've we've got it so far yeah it's a good first half i mean just keep it's not over yet you know still make playoffs so just got to win every game and 
just keep working hard, which is, is what they're doing and what they do. So, um, and, and whilst we've got you, just just quickly as well, what, we know you're busy, but on that sort of the, the, the morale of the squad and whatnot, obviously we, we, we sit up here and fans talk and whatnot, and it, we, we all know it's been a it's been a difficult run, difficult few weeks and whatnot, but how is the genuine feeling in the squad sort of behind the closed doors in the changing room and, and, and what is the kind of... Where, where are the motivation levels and where and where where's the kind of morale at the moment? All the boys are really up for it. From what you know, I train with them every day, and they're all they're all keen to win and just keep getting us promoted, basically. Harry Druitt White there speaking to Robbie James on Pompey Live on Tuesday evening. Just really quickly, Tom, because we are running out of time. Harry Druitt White, great to get him tied down to a professional contract. His first pro deal. Five senior appearances for the Blues. They've all come in trophy matches. A few inclusions on the bench uh, for league outings as well. Just turned 18 years old. A great asset to have tied down. Yeah. Really, really great. Um, I'm a massive fan of Harry. I've spoken to him a few times. He's a fantastic young man. Delighted for him. Deserves to be young man of the moment. I don't know what I enjoyed more, to be honest, Jake. Listen to him think talking about how we can still get the playoffs or the <laughs> Phil Collins easy lover in the background. I thought that was an excellent interview. Um, yeah, no, excellent for him. So happy for him. And just hopefully, now we've got nothing to play for, let's see him on the pitch. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Hopefully, we'll see more of Harry Jurt White uh, next season in, in in and around the first team as well. Okay, we'll come on and welcome Reese back onto the show soon. I do promise you, but we are a bit stretched for time at the moment. So first of all, we're going to dive into tomorrow's opponents. Here's all you need to know about Lincoln City. Following Tuesday's comfortable win over Rotherham, Pompey's playoff hopes remain mathematically intact, albeit very slim. They've a chance to make it back-to-back victories on Good Friday. Lincoln City are in town. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Ten points separate the Blues from sixth place Sunderland with five games remaining. It would be a tall task, but anything is possible in football and the fight continues for another week. Last time out against the Imps, Pompey came out on top with a 3-0 win at Sinsel Bank back in November. It's almost time for round two as we reach the business end of the season. Manager. Former Blues gaffer Michael Appleton is in charge of Lincoln City. The 46-year-old who served in the Fratton Park dugout during the 2011-12 championship season has been leading the Imps since his appointment in September of 2019. Having had a two-year spell out of management to take up assisting and coaching roles at Leicester City and West Bromwich Albion. Since arriving at Sinsel Bank, Appleton has raked up 53 wins from 139 competitive outings. One to watch. Our one to watch this time around doesn't get any more cliche than this. The player not only used to play for Pompey, in fact did so on two separate occasions. But he's a striker who many believe struggled at PO4 and has gone on to find form again after leaving, like he did the first time around. We're of course talking about John Marquis, who joined Lincoln on a free transfer back in January. Since leaving the South Coast, the 29-year-old has gone on to bag five goals from 17 appearances, having only managed four in 19 in the first half of the season at Pompey. The former Millwall, Gillingham and Northampton forward, who is unlikely to remain with the club beyond this season due to financial concerns, will be wearing the number 27 shirt. Top scorer. Irish forward Anthony Scully is currently top of the goal-scoring charts for Lincoln in League One this season. The former Norwich and West Ham youngster who turns 23 on Tuesday has 10 strikes and 7 assists to his name this term. Scully has also bagged two in his last three appearances, having previously not found the back of the net since the start of January. At Fratton Park, he will be the Imps player donning the number 11. Current form. Lincoln are very hit and miss in terms of form this season, but severely underachieving considering recent campaigns fighting for top six finishes. Michael Appleton's side are currently 18th with 46 points, just eight above the drop zone, so not yet officially safe from relegation. The last 10 matches have returned 11 points following three wins and two draws. Along the way, they've beaten sides above them such as Sheffield Wednesday and Charlton, but lost to teams fighting below them, including Gillingham and Shrewsbury. Will it be back-to-back wins for the Blues or will the Imps end Pompey's mathematical chances of reaching the playoffs? All the unmissable action 
on Pompey Live. Big thank you to Mason Jordan there for providing a bit more detail into tomorrow's opponents. Lincoln City, of course, Good Friday football at Frasson Park. Kickoff is 3pm and then, of course, Blues travel to Morecambe on Monday afternoon. That's also a 3 o'clock kickoff. Uh, clock kickoff at the Mazuma Stadium. The football hour returns on Sunday evening from 6 through till 7 to preview that one. But first of all, uh, Reese uh, John Marquis returning to Fratton Park for the first time since his departure in the January transfer window. He's currently on an eight-game streak without scoring. Well, I can tell you now, that's going to end tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's always the way, isn't it? Um, that's that's one of the painful things when uh, an ex-Pompey player is going to return to Fratton Park is, you know, just knowing that they might ag against us. Well, I say might, you know, the odds, are, the odds just seem to be forever in their favour and not ours. Um I think to I think about Wigan later on in the season, Watmore and Naylor, and you know I'm I'm worried about that. Um, but Marcus, I mean, that Gaston had mate played like five games, yeah. or whatever. It was like you know what I mean, like five he had five appearances for Pompey, um, and he scored when he came back with, with Burton. Yeah. But Marcus to come back with Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, sorry, and uh, score, uh, I would not be surprised at all. But I think it's, it's a 100% winnable game, um, especially off the back of what he did uh, against Rotherham. We know Marquis is, uh, we know what, you know, we played with him. We know what he can do and stuff like that. You know, we can, like like Hurst and uh, Robertson, um, you know, Hurst said that he that they told the squad he'd try to help them as much as possible with Rotherham. We need to do that against, you know, against Marquis and keep him quiet, things like that. Yeah. You know, we've got to, We've got to play to our strengths and, and just keep in mind that um, the squad have played with them before, so uh, we know we can. We know we can beat them. Uh, Lincoln underperforming this season, of course, 18th from the table. As you just heard from Mason, they're very hit and miss as well. Recently, they've beaten Sheffield Wednesday and Charlton, but lost to the likes of Doncaster, Gillingham, and Shrewsbury. So, who knows what kind of Lincoln will turn up tomorrow? But hey, who knows what kind of Pompey will turn up tomorrow at Fratton Park? A few more final emails to get through. Linda Mail, Pompey's performance on Tuesday was one of the best team performances of the season. If they play like that this season, who knows where we would be in the league? Uh, one more here from Graham Wilkins. Hi, Jake. Hi, all. On Monday, I was very scathing about the Blues' performance at Cheltenham. I thought it was justified, so playing against Rotherham on Tuesday filled me with dread. But what a transformation from the Blues, who took the Millers to the cleaners. Graham Wilkins, thank you for getting in touch. Gav Jones, good evening, gents. If it's affordable and realistic, we absolutely need to keep George Hurst. His pace, power and strength are unbelievable, along with his first touch and hold-up play. If we can keep him for next season and allow him to develop, we could have a real player on our hands. Thank you to Gav Jones for getting in touch as well. Very, very quickly, Reese, you've got about five seconds. Score prediction tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to go for another 3-0. 3-0, thank you. Reese. Tom, do I even ask, is it 4-0 written all over it? We'll go 4-0 and Michael Swift didn't score on Tuesday, so Marquis isn't going to use that um, tomorrow. There you go. Absolutely. I think I've got to agree with that, Tom. 4-0 written all over it for Pompey tomorrow afternoon. Thank you to Reese Harding for joining us on the show this evening. Thank you to Tom Chappell also for joining us. You can join us for all of our misspell action. Pompey take on Lincoln City at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. Join us here from 2. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey returned to winning ways on Tuesday night with a much improved 3-0 win over Rotherham. Final action of the game. Probably Porter's best performance, maybe best result of the season. The Blues return to Fram Park once more for a good Friday clash against Lincoln City. Join us for all of the unmissable action Friday from 2. It's Pompey versus Lincoln City right here on Pompey Live. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. We look forward to welcoming you to Fratton Park for all of the action as the Blues host Michael Appleton's Lincoln City at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon. Join us from 2 o'clock for all of the action. Myself, Robbie James and Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler will be on hand to deliver all of the build-up, half-time analysis and post-match analysis as well with Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham on the commentary team up in the South Stand. OK, this evening, it's a Thursday, so it feels a bit weird saying this. Uh, Chris Pierce is up next with Express This Week. We'll be chatting to uh, Martin Silman from Portsmouth and District Private Landlords Association. Uh, Chaz Burns' rock show will be here from 9 through until 11 before the Express wind-down takes you through to the early hours of Friday morning. And because it's Easter weekend, we've got a special weekend lined up for you here on Express FM. It's the Victory Years special weekend uh, with a lot of special edition shows to come between now and Monday evening, including the Victory Years Best of British from 8am tomorrow morning with Mason Jordan, the Victory Years with Ian McGuinness from 11 through 
till two before Pompey Live, of course. Uh, the Composer Series is back tomorrow afternoon from six through till seven with John Brown before Floor Fillers with Connor Mosley from seven through until 11 o'clock as well. Like I mentioned earlier, Football Hour is back on Sunday evening from six through till seven to preview the visit to Morecambe in League One. But until then, have a great evening. Enjoy your Easter weekend and take care, Pompey fans. Thank you for listening and good night.